Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your sullen, I miss my grandpa host, Javi. <laughs> and uh, it's been a long time since we've been back doing our Star Wars series. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I was telling Angel, I was like, oh shit, dude. Like, I was getting off of work, I was feeling good. I was like, man, I'm really excited to record, but why? And I'm like, why am I why am I so excited? It feels like we just did the Exorcist episode. And I completely forgot we went on an unscheduled hiatus last week. Yeah, that one's on me. I I had to take a vacation for the first time in several years and uh, take a break from everything in the world. And that included this podcast last week. But just a heads up, if you guys follow Angel on social media, you or on Facebook, no, on IG, you will see some adorable pictures of him and his family on uh, their nice little vacation. My IG is private, so unless you are someone that already personally knows me, you probably won't see those pictures. Yeah, don't follow me, fucking weirdos. <laughs> but those of you that do follow, <laughs> you'll see some adorable pictures of him and his family. Um, you'll also notice I wasn't there. I'm only kind of super butthurt about that, but that's fine, you know? You know, much like, much like Ben Solo, I... I recover from pain and misery, and I turn it into unending fury that I will rain down on my enemies. Wait, do you think Ben Solo recovered from... Fe- He's the hero, right? Did I misread this movie? <laughs> Did I just Franklin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre this? <laughs> No, today we are going to be talking about The Force Awakens as we tread ever slowly to the final J.J. No, this is, movie. this is not slowly now. This is it. These are the last not two slowly. These are the last two movies before The Rise of Skywalker. And I remember, you know, wondering what was going to happen with the Star Wars series after the prequel series had ended. Um, we're talking like 2010, 2011. And, you know, you just don't know where it's going to go from here, right? Like, mm-hmm. where are they going to go? And, um, you know, this trend now, like, where Terminator did it, Halloween did it, uh, like, all these movie series are now, like, creating, they're creating sequels to, like, original properties from, like, decades ago. Blade Runner did it. Predator did it. Yeah, like, this was a trend that really began... In 2013, 2014, when uh, it was announced that Disney was acquiring Lucasfilm. And then Disney became the many-headed Hydra that controls all of our entertainment needs. Yeah, now. in this last decade, Disney now owns Star Wars, Marvel, and Fox. We are watching Fox. <laughs> so The Simpsons, that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. It is on Disney+. Plus. What else? Um, the X-Men animated series, that's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Anything you've ever associated with Fox is now on Disney. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's freaking crazy. I know I talked a lot of shit a couple months ago. I was like, I'm never going to submit to Disney and their tyrannical reign. And I, you know, I lasted all of, like, Five days, and then I immediately bundled that song bitch with my Hulu Plus, and I'm like, you know, that's how I watched this movie. Like, was on Hulu Plus. I mean, Hulu Plus on Disney Plus. Like, like it's freaking crazy the amount of content they're putting out there now. Yeah, and of course, The Mandalorian has now premiered on Disney mm-hmm. Plus as well, which I've watched 
only the original episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I be totally honest before we get into this movie? What? I was like, oh, I'm going to watch, I'm going to catch up on Mandalorian. I'm going to catch up on some of the Star Wars like cartoons. And I swear to God, what I've watched the most of anything on Disney Plus are Disney Channel original movies. <laughs> I watch Smart House like 12 times. <laughs> Why you watch the Smart House for the 10th time? Leave me alone. Your wife comes in, Angel, again? Shut up! <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> uh, but, you know, alright. This week, I actually did in super high def, because Disney Plus said that it was going to be in ridiculous definition. That's how I watched this week's movie. Even though, because I already own The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted to see what it looked like on Disney Plus, and it looked pretty good. Yeah, it lo- I mean, yeah, what, what can I say? Fucking Disney knows their shit. Disney single-handedly saved Marvel. Disney pretty much single-handedly saved Fox. Disney brought back this goddamn series, which was, you know, I mean, hopefully, for some reason, you know, in the triads of the Star Wars movies, the ending's never really that good. So we're hoping that as, you know, Rise of the Skywalker comes out, they can finally fix that trend. Rise of Skywalker. Whatever the fuck, alright? Eat my own nards. (laughs) Uh, So, 2015, uh, this was the year that that uh oh, Star Wars The Force ago. Awakens came out. And uh this one was one that I was fully into the hype for. I saw the original trailer that showed the character of Finn who was a you know, it, the original trailer had the it just showed like the desert of Jakku, right? Mm-hmm. And then you saw a stormtrooper take his helmet off and a lot of people noticed that it was a black man's face that was under that stormtrooper helmet. I would be much more surprised if no one noticed it was a black guy. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it immediately tells you that we're going to go in a completely different direction than we had previously. Fucking because cuck war. Well, because the prequels told you that it was what is it like Django Fett like clones yeah (laughs) the whole time you were thinking that stormtroopers were just a bunch of fucking polynesian looking dudes (laughs) cloned from one polynesian dude and let's be honest yes we'll get into the the cuck wars joke that you make all the time but one of the things about the new star wars series that we cannot overlook is the fact that now they are very much pushing for more racial diversity in their films and it's awesome. I mean, we talked about how great Diego Luna did in uh, in Rogue One, right? Oscar and Isaac, Central American, just like you know, just like us. It and you have Finn, who's black, and I have friends of mine who are black who have admitted to me that they wanted to cry in the theater when they saw that one of the main characters of this movie was a black man. Not to mention, you watch the trailer and he's wielding the lightsaber which is the best misdirect because it makes you think he's the new jedi hero we're following yeah like he's gonna be the guy and you're just like holy crap like this is going in a whole new direction like legit and although it doesn't end up going that way by the time the end of the movie like finn you know it doesn't hurt finn's character in the least the fact that he's not quote-unquote the guy you know And uh, But let's just go ahead and get into this movie. It's directed by J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams brought Star Trek back in 09 when he made the uh, Chris Pine Star Trek film. Brought Zachary Quinto as well. And I am a fan of that 2009 Star Trek That was a great cast. You know, you had Anton Yelchin as... uh, 
R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Anton Yelchin. Um, I forgot who he played. I just know him as Anton Yelchin. He was Scotty. Yeah. No, I... Oh, no, 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 no. Carl Urban was Bones. Yeah. Carl Urban was playing Bones. He was Scotty. You know, you have freaking... Uh... No, wait. I thought it was... Uh... Simon Pegg. Oh shit! Yeah. My point is, it had a like right there. Those are three great actors. You got Chris Pine. You had uh, Zoe Saldana. Obviously, obviously, I need to rewatch the 2009 Star Trek film. Point is that you know J.J. Abrams has a really he has a he has a good eye for talent. He got he brought a lot of good folks on for Star Trek. He goes on to make Bad Robot. I think Bad Robot Productions. That's like his studio. Well, I'll put it to you this way: J.J. Abrams is a guy. <clears throat> he's kind of an archivist, right? Yep. <clears throat> he's good at taking this old property, old style, and is able to somehow bring it into a new generation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, if you guys ever get the chance, I think he did Super 8, which is one of those, like... It, I mean, it fell super under the radar. People might not even remember it, but essentially it was a millennial version of an E.T. story. Like, it's what Stranger Things ends up being, right? Yeah, Like, Stranger much. Things is the much more popular version of that. Yep, so you're welcome, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, he was the guy who was tasked with bringing Star Wars back uh, in, for a new generation. And I think most people that would have seen this movie already will tell you that this movie feels much like Halloween 2018... It's a sequel, but it's in many ways also a reboot because it will kind of tell the story in the same style that uh, A New Hope did. It tells the same story as A New Hope did. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I will take that stance because I know a bunch of people agree with me. Alright. Well, immediately (laughs) this movie starts on the... uh, Sand planet of Jakku, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the first person that we see in the beginning of this film is Max von Sydow, who we watched play Father Marin last time when we did The Exorcist. That's right. <laughs> and who, like, somehow looks the way Father Marin ends up looking in The Exorcist with so, all that old age makeup. So now you guys know there's a direct correlation between Star Wars and The Exorcist. <laughs> um,. I did find it funny that the first line in this movie was, this will start to make things right. That's quite the lofty promise there, Mr. (laughs) Abrams. Um, And right away we are introduced to uh, Poe Dameron, who is one of our, you know, I will call him one of the triumvirate of heroes that we have for this new franchise. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is introduced with this droid, uh, BB-8. Who, fun fact, is his voice is done by the great Bill Hader. What? <laughs> That's what? one of the things that like I love about this movie is that like the be ready bit for parts. a bunch of uncredited cameos. Yeah, because Simon Pegg is in this movie as well. He's the tr- like the junk trader that keeps screwing Ray over. Uh, Daniel Craig is the he's one a of stormtrooper. He's a stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny how so many people were just like, "We're Star Wars fans. Please put us in the movie somehow." Yeah, no, it's it's very much like the Brad Pitt uh, kind of like uh, super cameo from Deadpool two. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's like one of those like you know it after you've seen it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, so right right away from there, <clears throat> it, you find out that what okay. So coming into this movie. 
I went to the movie theater. I cannot tell you how excited I was when this movie was starting. I watched this movie with Angel twice. Yes. <laughs> we went opening night, and then I think, like, the next week, I get a call from Angel. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, nothing. Do you want to go watch Force Awakens again? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? You know, I've never... That was the first time I saw a movie twice in theaters. And I, honestly, at the time, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is kind of rad. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's... It was a really big deal for me. Like, and I obviously watched the last Star Wars movie that I had seen in theaters up until that point was Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, I didn't know if and when Star Wars was ever going to come back. Uh, I had heard about the fact that George Lucas originally said he wanted to do a sequel trilogy, uh, which he ended up not making because, you know, he ended up selling Lucasfilm uh, to Disney. And this is a film that was developed by, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's uh, Lucasfilm branch of Disney now. Just remember that everyone has a price, just like the Million Dollar Man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, George Lucas has enough money for several lifetimes on one property alone. No, I have plenty of creative integrity. Fucking Walt Disney's zombified corpse hands him a (laughs) bag full of, like, just a dollar sign. (laughs) I mean, let's, before we get too into it, George Lucas is also someone who's trying to make more affordable housing in the county of Marin, which is an ultra-rich county in this area that we live in now. So it's he's, he's trying. Nah, I'm going to talk mad shit. <laughs> um, he sold off LucasArts the video game one, and they put out some really rad video games when I was a kid, so fuck them. <laughs> uh, so, you know, again, we have not read fan fiction. We are not people who are like... I mean fan fiction. We have not read the extended universe... <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, that almost took a very <laughs> Would you like to know if we actually read fan fiction? Poe Dameron looked at the moonlight as it glistened off of Finn's backside. <laughs> mean looking dummy thick. Uh, but I have read, like you know, that there was yeah, there's been ideas floated of a prequel tr- of a sequel trilogy that have that would revolve around like the kids of Luke, Leia, and Han. Which guess what? All that shit, all of it's no longer canon. All you fucking nerds that read it sucks to suck that you spent <laughs> like God knows how many years getting used to this new canon where Luke like gets married and then his wife has a weird force cancer and then there's like an alien like there's an alien race that doesn't get affected by Metaclorians. So Jedi's are practically useless in fighting them. Are this is make, all, are you no, making this up? No, this is all like canon and shit. Oh, shit. Or not to mention Chewbacca dying when a fucking <gasps> moon falls on him. This is all this was all old canon. Yep. <laughs> this all happened. So I'm guessing you read Extended Universe. Yeah, so guess who it sucks to suck <laughs> for me? <laughs> Because right. I was the dumb dildo that read the extended universe. Yeah. Uh, immediately, when you are watching the beginning of this film, I just remember, like, it's so wild to just see that the opening crawl said, Luke Skywalker has disappeared. And it immediately... <laughs> Luke Skywalker is dead. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just one of those things, right? It's it's like, right, I'll put it, I'm closer to Halloween because Halloween was the series that I grew up with. And, uh, you know, 
when you're watching the 2018 Halloween, you immediately have to accept right away that none of the other Halloween sequels ever happened. Mm -hmm. And that you are living now in a world where he only escaped the sanitarium once. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis only had to deal with him one time before she like sees him again 40 years later. So this one immediately tells me, hey... You know, uh, Return of the Jedi, how it ends and everybody looked happy and it looked like the happy ending that we all wanted for this franchise? We lied. <laughs> it was all a lie. Immediately after that, at some point, uh, Luke Skywalker disappeared to never to be seen again. Mm -hmm. And now, after the Empire has been vanquished, you now have another Empire called <laughs> the First Order. The Super Empire. <laughs> But you know, that actually makes perfect sense, because from a logic standpoint, just because the old Empire's, like, head dies doesn't mean that there still isn't an Empire. Yeah. If anything, it's like, it creates a vacuum and a power struggle for all these other fucking general douchebags to try to take command, right? So it actually makes sense that the First Order would sprout off as an offshoot of the Empire. And, you know, so apparently the uh, the Mandalorian television series is a series that takes place between uh, these two uh, these two trilogies. So it's it takes place in those 30 years where the Skywalker family decided not to fuck up the galaxy for, <laughs> yeah. for a bit. Um, so you get introduced to uh, our villain as well on the planet of Jakku, which is uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, who I had only seen on the series Girls before. Do your Ray Lewis impression? No, that's not my impression. It was every time I ever okay, every time I see that series, I think of this, and it's so random. But it's an old like NFL Honors where Alec Baldwin does a Ray Lewis impression, <laughs> where he like screams at his family and says, "Let's snuggle up and watch an episode of Girls." <laughs> It's so stupid, but it tickles me. <laughs> um, what do you think of our villain, Kylo Ren? You mean Great Value Darth Vader? <laughs> I mean, it is definitely Darth Vader if he listened to My Chemical Romance for six <laughs> years straight. <laughs> But don't get me wrong, like the, the the mask looks really right. It's how Dane Cook would picture Darth Vader. Oh, <laughs> yikes! So fine. No, I, I can I can I admit that I actually really like Kylo Ren's outfit. No, like it's cool, like it looks cool. But when you start hearing him talk, I he love the way he talks. He and he starts and no, I mean just in general, whenever yeah. Ben Solo talks. And whenever... He just sounds so sad and brooding all the time. So he captures that really... He ca captures that thing that made me hate fucking Anakin Skywalker. But <laughs> yeah. I hate him way less. Hey, Maybe because he has a cool fucking suit. He that, definitely feels like he's related to Anakin Skywalker. Yes, he definitely <laughs> has the little... You know, I, when he walks in, I was like... Smell like bitch in here. <laughs> yeah, like no one in that original franchise felt like they were uh, Hayden Christensen's kids. No, not at all. <laughs> Whereas, like, this definitely feels like Hayden Christensen's grandson. <laughs> but you know, like, it wasn't annoying the way it was with Hayden Christensen. I think the big part of it is you don't know Kylo Ren's motivations for a lot of the movie. 
Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you know, instead of giving it all to you at once, they're drawing it out through the entire trilogy, which is smart, you know? Yeah. You get to see how he became who he is now. But also, like, as far as what a Sith Lord should look like, holy shit, he looks cool. Yeah. Like, really. he looks Darth Vader enough to feel familiar and, like, you know he's a big bad. But he looks different enough that you're like, okay, like... I can take him being the new big bad in the yeah. new Star Wars trilogy. So the beginning of it feels different in that you're like on this dark ship and you're like staring in these crazy angles at like these like jerky camera movements that are showing you all these uh, stormtroopers. Ah, on this, classic like, on freaking this cargo ship. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> um, but it, at the same time, it also feels very familiar. Like what I do like about this new series... Is that it does feel like it kind of bridges the gap and this world feels like an in-between world of that prequel trilogy and that original trilogy. It has a lot of like the fucking, how to explain it, the 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 fan, the fan fantasy, Yeah, I guess that first, like, or what would have been the prequel trilogy, while still having, I guess, like the, the war of what felt uh, from the actual um, original trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, when this ship finally touches ground and the stormtroopers start attacking this village where Poe Dameron is held up, like, they, you know, it feels like a war movie. It feels like it's a, a, a an extermination squad, you know? Like, these soldiers are just immediately start raising this this village to the ground. Right? Yeah, the beginning of this is, is highly dark. It's intense, yeah. Um, stormtroopers feel more dangerous than they've ever been. Thankfully, this film has a way of right away telling you uh, which stormtrooper is the one we're going to follow by mm-hmm. having uh, one of these stormtroopers' bloody hand uh, paint Finn's helmet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, but you know what? It's a really iconic look now. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of t-shirts that have the, the new stormtrooper helmet design along with the, with the um, bloody handprint on it. And it looks really cool. So I thought it was a really cool aesthetic choice. Um, and while this happens, you know, Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren immediately kills, I forget, Max von Sydow's character, um, as kind of a way to, to, I don't know, intimidate Poe Dameron? Yeah, and, um, and, and so, so for how tense this beginning scene is, the moment that he and Poe are face to face, that's where you get the... Do you want me to talk first, or are you going to talk first? I was ready for him to just get punched right in the face when he said that. <laughs> but right away, that tells you everything you need to know about Poe. Poe yeah. is going to be your Devil May Care, Han Solo-esque hero. He's going to be the guy that he's going to be the guy that that's goofy. He's going to be the guy that talks shit. Um, with a cowboy. Yeah, he's a space pimp. I mean, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> also, the other thing to note is that right away, this scene establishes what our MacGuffin of this movie is going to be, and that is going to be BB-8. And BB-8, well, the MacGuffin is the map that leads you to Luke Skywalker. Which is inside of BB-8. Yes. <laughs> so it's BB-8. Yeah, but BB-8 is a character who is carrying the MacGuffin. Characters can be MacGuffins. I uh, sure. All right. Fine. Yeah. Did you ever watch Waterworld with fucking? Uh, you know what? I'm not even gonna end that sentence because that's gonna say more about me than it will about you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So this this 
this obviously takes place 30 years after the original franchise. It doesn't fill in all the gaps in what has happened for you. It actually just immediately introduces you to all these new characters. Poe is captured by the First Order and Kylo Ren after that tense exchange that they have. That's essentially because he tries to shoot him with a blaster and he like stops the shot that's supposed to go at him. Using the force, so suddenly the force is really cool again. <laughs> yeah, so you know that this guy, if he was not a Jedi before, he definitely understands the force. Uh, he definitely feels Darth vader enough that you don't really question what's happening even though you don't know what exactly is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you get introduced to Finn, who is, what is it, FN218? 2187. FN2187. Yeah. FN2187, F- FN and I guess this posits that... Uh, I- this posits that stormtroopers are kids that are kidnapped from their parents. Child soldiers. And who are... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who are forced to fight on behalf of the First Order. So, Finn is a character who doesn't even have a name. and He's has, essentially... And has grown up in captivity? That is a dark... Kind of like image I don't want to go down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look... <laughs> For obvious reasons, you question... I immediately feel uncomfortable with this. Yeah, you question, you know, what the point of all of this is. But it doesn't... The movie doesn't linger on this. I know, they don't make a big deal about it. You're just supposed to accept the fact that uh, Finn has been in the uh, First Order damn near his whole life. They've taken his name, they gave him a serial number, and they turned him into essentially kind of a... Just a blank slate character, right? Well, he's supposed to be a blank slate. And he's a character who's now going to completely ditch uh, everything that he's been growing up around. Which just seems, I mean, to a first time viewer watching it, like, it's just, it seems like a weird, like, flip of the switch all of a sudden. It is. But again, the movie just, like, flies by it, and he's a character that. John Boyega is an actor who you like enough, and you can go with enough that you don't really question. It past this point. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately, the interaction that he has with Poe uh, sets up a great friendship. Uh, One of the best bromances of all time. <laughs> it even, which even has its own fan fiction. When you <laughs> when you think about, it. like, there's a lot of people who love the idea. Oh, of they're getting it. shipped so hard, <laughs> like. I'm pretty sure if it's, you know, the two main relationships people want are either Finn and uh, the girl from uh, Last Jedi or Finn and Nobody Poe wants Dameron. Finn and the girl from Last Jedi. Well, I don't remember the girl from Last Jedi's name. So shut up. First of all, yes. We, we will get into it next. We will get we into will it. We will get into it on the next episode. But I'm telling you, nobody wants him with oh, her. Oh, people super wanted that. Oh, my God. They absolutely don't. Oh, I'm going to prove you so fucking oh, wrong. whatever. All right. So... They, point is, one thing I want to point about these these interesting, you know, these characters that's a little bit interesting, right? You had the what's it called, nubile young. Um, Excuse me. I was talking about fucking Luke. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about I was talking about Luke being <laughs> idealistic. There we go. I, Luke is very idealistic, right? So you're behind a character that is 100% behind this cause. He's infallible. He is the hero. And, you know, you got Han Solo, who's the good guy with the heart, or the bad guy with the heart of gold, right? Mm. 
And... But to a certain extent, they don't really feel like flawed characters. Maybe Han a little bit, but not enough to really be like, oh, that guy is... That guy, that guy's kind of bad, right? Mm-hmm. What's interesting about Poe and Finn to me is that they are inherently flawed characters. Poe, like, was something I didn't realize until I watched this. He barely standed torture. He he gave up the he gave up where BB-8 was almost immediately. <laughs> Well, I mean, understandably so when yeah. you're being tortured. When you're getting your fucking brain turned to mush by the force, I guess. When but it was really... Kylo it. Ren is like totally pounding your brain with his invisible... Force dick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting because it's like we're so used to seeing these infallible heroes that, you know, can't be... You know, that stand up to torture for the past six movies. And you see this guy that... Um, it gives him depth is what I'm trying to say. Same thing with Finn. Finn isn't this infallible hero that's, oh my god, you want to get behind him and you know he's going to be a leader, right? I feel like they did that with Han Solo in the original trilogy. They, not to a, an extent. To yeah, an extent. To, no, that's what I'm saying. Han. No, yeah. I'm admitting that to yeah. an extent, yeah. But with Finn, for example, like, the only reason he saves Poe is not because he's a good guy. Yeah. He, he even admits it. I don't know how to fly a ship. I need a pilot. Yeah, exactly. They're people that they're, they're characters that need each other for this one purpose, but end up immediately making friends. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I actually really do like it because I think it adds character and depth to these characters. Who, if especially if we're gonna be following them for the next three movies or two more movies at this point, yeah, I want my characters to be interesting. Yeah, no, the difference between this and A New Hope, if we're looking at it, A New Hope. Almost everything that happens in that film goes through Luke. Yep. Once you get introduced to Luke, you're following Luke the entire time. Damn near. This movie it introduces all three of our main characters and gives them their own. It gives them enough time alone before it goes off into its story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the introduction of these two characters as they escape uh, this, as they escape the First Order ship, and end up going back to Jakku. Why um, does everyone want to go back to Jakku? <laughs> uh, to get BB-8. Um, and meanwhile, Ray gets introduced just as this, you know, little desert pixie girl. It's just little like, desert orphan pixie girl. Yeah. <laughs> who's, uh, who's her fan? Don't forget, her family left her. They abandoned her. Abandoned like, the shit out of her. Who I guess lives in an AT-AT that was, like, destroyed in the sand. Yeah, I mean that, that's a pretty cool place to live. I love like, it. It was really dope. I, no, no a little okay. hideaways, rad. I like the introduction of Pin of Pin. I like the introduction. Of Pin. <laughs> oh, did you just ship Poe and Finn by calling them Pin? <laughs> I think you have been reading fan fiction. <laughs> I love the introduction of Finn. I love the introduction of Poe, but I absolutely. Love more than anything the introduction of Ray because you really love Ray's music. Ray's music slaps, and I will fight anyone who disagrees with I mean, that. I'm not saying it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> not slap. <laughs> I just it was okay, but I don't know. You you pay you pay more attention to music than I do. Well, there's I don't like any of the score. Like to me, a lot John Williams comes back, and a lot of this is John Williams score, and I don't think there's anything as iconic as a lot of the scores from the first from the original trilogy. That's true. 
Um, there's nothing like Duel of the Fates in here. Yeah. That's that. Like, the, the closest thing that to iconic score in this is Ray's theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels... It, interestingly enough, it's Disney. It feels like... It, it feels Disneyfied in a way. Like, there's something fantastical about the theme. To where it sounds like something that would be out of Beauty and the Beast while also sounding Star Wars at the same time. I can see that. Um, I love... I, I like that we are introduced to a character who, yes, is a woman. Um, but they're not going to treat her the same way that they treated Leia. In that... Not that they treated Leia poorly. It's just, like... They're, they're going to make them different characters. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that these characters don't have... They don't have, a, you know, cloned motivations to the ones in A New Hope. The plot kind of shakes out the same a little bit. Because you have the person with no parents. Mm-hmm. Who Ray is essentially the Luke stand-in. Um, Finn... I don't know who who the com- He's closest Han. comparative. I guess Han would be because the comparative because he wants to get out. The only reason, I, yeah, that's the only reason I say that is because Poe is actually behind. You know, yeah. he's actually a member of the yeah. Resistance. Yeah. Meanwhile, actually, yeah. yeah, if you're looking at it that way, Leia is Poe, Han is Finn, because Finn is looking for any Ray. chance to get the hell out. Yeah, so. that's exactly it. Um, there we go. We figured it out. <laughs> so Finn and Poe are able to make a daring escape from the Super Star Destroyer. Which I love that Star Wars does that naming convention you and I use where we just add super to things. <laughs> so they're able to they're able to shoot their way out of the hangar bay and they go down to Jakku after taking some damage in a crash landing in a TIE fighter. The whole thing starts collapsing in what looks like a quicksand pat, pat, pit. I can't even talk. Quicksand pit. Mm-hmm. And while Poe... No, no, I'm sorry. While Finn is able to escape... Um, the only thing left of Poe to be seen is his jacket, which Finn takes, assuming he died in the crash. Yes. So right away, you think we lost one of our favorite new characters. Yes. Um, then this cuts over to Ray, who meets BB-8. A little BB-8 unit, she goes, oh, you're so cute. And then BB-8's like, you're also cute, which... That, that's actually not how that happens. That's exactly how that happens. <laughs> Ray doesn't really want anything to do with it. She just saves him from being scavenged for parts. Because he's so cute. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm sure. <laughs> no, because BB-8 wants to follow her and she doesn't want him to follow her. She's pointing him to town and saying, no, go to town. You can't come with me. Yeah, that was just a very like well thought out plan. <laughs> like You know when you try to scare a dog away that's following you home? And you're like, get on out! Get! But I guess at some point she thinks he's cute enough that, yes, he can come with me now. I just wanted you to admit BB-8 was cute. <laughs> BB-8 is cute. I'm just saying it's not like Ray acted like she was cute. This isn't a Snow White situation where all the forest animals want to come in and help her clean. Like, <laughs> BB-8 wants to be around her, but she does not want BB-8 around her. Ray doesn't want anybody around her. She's like, just leave me alone. I want to be with my parents. They are not here. <laughs> She doesn't have a British accent. She totally does have a British accent. Daisy Ridley's, you know, hot. Uh, a little bit. I, I guess. mean, British. <laughs> Why am I? Gr- <laughs> what you don't think Daisy Ridley's hot? Am no. I the only one? I'm the weird one here. No, I'm sure people agree with you. Oh, okay, cool. I'm saying I don't agree with you, but but go off. I will go off, sis. <laughs> Pop off, queen. <laughs> yes, queen. 
So they go to town and BB-8 recognizes the jacket that Finn is wearing as Poe's. And he tells Rey to confront him. And she proceeds to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and she confronts him about the stolen jacket. And yes. he explains that it did belong to Poe Dameron, but Poe died, so he took it. And he also explains that he is... Well, he also understands that the stormtroopers in the First Order aren't really the most loved group. So he lies and says that he's actually uh, a part of the Rebel Alliance. Which makes sense, because why would you say that you're part of the First Order... You know, when you're talking... Like, there's no way you'd be friends with Poe if you were part of the First Order. And, like, realistically... Like... And realistically, he's also just not. He went AWOL. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's not. But also, if he were to say he was part of the First Order... Chances are, if Ray's parents are dead... It was super because of the First Order. So, <laughs> you don't want to, like... Be a part of that crazy train wreck. So, meanwhile... the okay. fir- The First Order... Let's have this oh, conversation yeah. now... Because I really want us to be able to go back to the listen to this episode and see what our thoughts were pre-Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Character of Rey. Yep. Is Rey a Skywalker? I fucking hope she's not. I agree. I absolutely hope she's not related to Luke Skywalker in any way. I hope she's not. Yeah. Or Han. But I have my serious doubts and fears that that is exactly what they're going to do. My theory is... That she's going to be one of the Padawans from Luke's attempt at recre- at creating the, the new Jedi Order. And she was, sh- she was taken off world before Ben Solo went on his stupid emo boy rampage and murdered everybody. And that she was abandoned there again. This time by everyone's favorite space Mexican. <laughs> Jimmy Smith, because <laughs> he, he just made a career out of saving people in the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> All right, continue. Sorry, I just really wanted to posit that before we went too fur too much further into this. I swear to God, if she is a fucking Skywalker, I'm going to walk into the ocean and call it life. <laughs> anyway, so the First Order. They find out that BB-8 is, or they're able to track BB-8 to the town. They order an airstrike. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, you know, they're getting attacked from all over because I believe it was the traitor played by San- Simon Pegg really wants BB-8. So, they're, you know, this airstrike goes in and starts destroying all the ships on the outside of the town. <laughs> and as they're running to just try to find a ship, they, you know, try to steal a ship to get off world... Uh, Finn yells at Ray. Oh, what about um, wh- what about that ship over there? And she goes, "That's garbage." And as they run over to the ship, it gets destroyed. And she's like, "The garbage will do." Yeah. So they immediately turn around, and of course, what ship were they talking about? And we knew it was the Millennium Falcon. I was really hoping it was an X-wing, but. <laughs> And of course, it has to be the Millennium Falcon because how are you going to introduce you know our everyone's favorite space pimp Han Solo, right? Yes. Which takes a while to introduce him. First, you get a you get a lot of time with uh, with uh, Ray and Finn trying to escape Jakku and that, trying to escape the Tie Fighters. Which that is, dog fight in Jakku is really cool. 
Yeah. And I love the juxtaposition of like Ray not knowing if she can fly the ship. And, and then not knowing about shooting it. Yeah. And you're just going back to the fact that you're in 2015, but all the ship technology looks like it's right out of the 70s. I and, know. And they have left the Millennium Falcon looking exactly how it looked in 1977. And it looks really cool. Like yeah. I'm like the attention to detail to keep it as authentic as possible. Yeah, so, this, this was a moment that got applause from our audience. Yeah, this is where all the nerds mark out. <laughs> Me, I'm nerds. <laughs> so they managed to, you know, with some very amazing flying from Ray, they're able to fight off the First Order. Um, and they're actually able to escape. And as they get off world, they, uh, you know, they have that moment where they're like, oh my God, you did so good. No, you did so good, right? And. Ray realizes she has to actually go back to Jakku. Um, you know, she has to go back to Jakku because she's still waiting for her family, right? But which, she's going... Which, when you're watching the movie, do you have any, like... Is is there anything about the movie that tells you that her family's going to come back at some point? I mean, if they haven't come so far, they yeah. probably won't. It but... feels like a Luke situation where they're probably dead and that's how you feel from the moment you meet her. Yep. And I believe she actually uh, agrees to help take the BB-8 unit to the Rebel Alliance, right? And, you know, they have that scene where it's like the... I forgot what sci-fi spaceship part blows up. And if they don't fix it, they're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. And they have that like funny scene where like uh, where Finn is trying to figure out what tool she needs. And he's, he's like, nope, I'm pointing at it. It's right there. And he goes, this one? This one? And she's <laughs> like, if you don't give me the tool, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, of course, I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly how it goes. But, you know, then you have the back and forth between BB-8 and Finn where BB-8 is like... He tells Finn where, you know, he lies to Ray to help Finn to, so that they can get to the Rebel Alliance. And then he gives him the thumbs up, and then BB-8 gives him the lighter thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, BB-8 is so cool. Again, because he's Bill Hader, like, you love it even more. And now I do. I didn't know he was Bill Hader until today. <laughs> oh, that's really weird, because, yeah, it's one of those things that I thought everyone knew. No, well, that's what you get for assuming. <laughs> and of course, or finally, like we get to this point where you know they're being they're being docked by somebody, so they try to hide and they try to come up with a plan. And you know the 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 blast doors open and who comes out? None other than Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yes. In this moment where he gets back on his ship, you can it feels like he hasn't been yeah. on this ship for a long time. And just like the look on Harrison Ford's face, like it feels like a big moment. Yeah, I love the fact that this movie is able to. It, it doesn't waste any moments. Like the introduction of characters in the original series feels big every time you see them for the first time in this film. And they're able to take back the Falcon. They help uh, Ray and Finn uh, kind of do uh, some really quick repairs, right? And, and I know that Harrison Ford, this is it for him, and he'll never play Han Solo again. But God damn it, does he feel like when you see him that this is what he was meant to do? <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's been trying to stop since Empire Strikes Back, 
But somehow they keep bringing him back. And, you know, finally he gets his dream of, you know, never having to play Han Solo again. But still, like, you get to enjoy him while he is on screen, right? And we see that... Now, here's what's really interesting, right? Because they're back on the Millennium Falcon. They eventually get boarded by Kanji Club. And I forgot the name of the other the other group. Um, we'll call them Red Dragons. Because I can't think of anything <laughs> clever. But this Han Solo feels like what Solo grows up to become. Like yeah, it, it I mean, feels like we skip completely that original trilogy. And if it were, if you were to tell me this solo is the same as Han Solo in A Force Awakens, I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, he feels like a guy out of time, like yeah. a guy trying to do things that worked at some point that don't work anymore. And you know, he he tries to do the same stuff Solo did in the Solo movie, where you know he tries to bluff his way out of uh, out of deals, and he's just a lovable scumbag, right? Where he's like, oh, well, you still owe money to Kanji Club. And he's like, bullshit, well, essentially. He's like, who told you that? And they're like, Kanji Club. <laughs> yeah. So you get to see him be this, like, lovable scumbag, right? And then, what was the name of the monsters? They had that scene where, like, he was he was transporting these, like, monsters to God knows where. But, you know, at that point, I thought that was kind of cool because it was like a weird, sudden horror element that you have this monster, like, attacking all these criminals on this ship. It also felt something very 2009 Star Trek to me. Yeah, I can see that. That is definitely a J.J. Abrams call. J.J. Abrams loves giant monsters. Yeah. J.J. Abrams, literally, when I think one of the criticisms that people had, and I'm not a Star Trek guy, so I can't tell you what they are, but one of the greatest criticisms off of his Star Trek film was the fact that people thought it was trying to mimic Star Wars way too much. Mm, so he said, he's like, I was trying to make my own Star Wars. He goes, but now I'm going to make actual Star Wars. That's exactly what it feels like, yeah. to be quite honest. So they're able to, you know, get out of that hairy situation, and they have to go to this cantina. And again, we are hitting a lot of the same beats from A New Hope. Yep, Takodana. So the next place they had to take their MacGuffin is to Takodana, and they got to meet with the cantina owner, me named Maz Kanata, who has we have previously seen when we reviewed us. Because she is played by the great Lupita Nyong'o. No fucking way, yeah. really? Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o is the voice of Mats Kanata. Dude, this play, this movie's fucking with me. I didn't know there were so <laughs> many... Uh, it's been four fucking years and I learned Bill Hader's in this movie and now Lupita Nyong'o's in it. Yeah. And uh, so in the meantime, while they... While they're off, you know, hot-rodding around the universe... Uh, you know, we get back to Starkiller Base, and we find out what Starkiller Base is. So. Yeah, it's 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 supposed to be a bigger and better Death Star than ever. In the fact that it's an actual planet with like a giant cannon in the center of it. It's like him and George Lucas are like having a dick measuring contest, and be like, "No, my stupid super weapon is way bigger than yours." Well, I mean, like you know, okay. I originally said they can't do this again after Return of the Jedi. They oh, really cannot they do this again. They really better not ever fucking do this again in oh, any other Star Wars movie. You think that they're better than that? 
If it makes a shit zillion dollars, they will do it five more times. The next Death Star is going to be like an entire galaxy. <laughs> it just shoots smaller galaxies at other galaxies. So, Starkiller Base uh, is essentially a super, super Death Star. And we also see, this is where, where Ben Swolo, as he's called in <laughs> The Last Jedi. But we, this is where... Um, where we see a lot of interactions between um, Kylo Ren with uh, with Supreme Leader Snoke, mm-hmm. who is, I guess, a giant? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> nah, I'm just it, fucking with this you. immediately tells you that it's a projected image. Uh, this is He's played by Andy Serkis. I was really hoping he was a giant. Like, when <laughs> I originally saw this movie, I'm like, that would be kind of cool. Well, yeah, he definitely was a weird character, and, like, you wonder where this guy came from. Yeah, definitely. But you also are very well aware that this is Star Wars and they're very likely not going to tell you in this film. Well, I actually thought this is the guy that you probably wouldn't see until Rise of Skywalker again. This is also J.J. Abrams who's infamous for introducing concepts and cool things that, that never just followed get dropped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently that was one of the biggest things that, that like Lost fans had the biggest problem with. Like It was one of their biggest gripes. Um... But yeah, we also see Kylo Ren is talking to the burnt-out shell of a helmet that belongs to um, Darth Vader. Which, this is the one part of it that kind of... like Makes no sense, because Darth no... Vader didn't have his helmet melted. Well, not just didn't have his helmet melted, but he also wasn't a bad guy at the end of Return of the Jedi anymore. That he knows of. I guess, but at that point, they superimpose Hayden Christensen, who was waving at Luke as a Force ghost... <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it was so stupid. But um, so yeah, so he's talking to apparently Darth. But you know what's really stupid? I feel stupid because when I first saw the trailer and I saw like Darth Vader's melted helmet, I didn't once think, "Hey, his helmet didn't get melted. Why the fuck is it melted all of a sudden?" And I guess yeah, it makes it look cool because it looks like a charred piece of shit. Um, fun fact, I'm sure everyone knows by now, Starkiller was originally one of the names for the uh, Skywalkers, uh, one of the working titles. Also, Starkiller was the main character in Force Unleashed, the Star Wars Force Unleashed movie, movies, video games, where it was an offshoot where he was the clone of a Jedi that was going to be trained by Darth Vader... To be his new apprentice. And be a new Sith Lord. He eventually turns on Vader and tries to fight him off. I never played the the Force Unleashed. But I heard that... I thought it was a cool concept. And then I heard the gameplay sucked balls. So I never actually played it. But go out and try Fallen Order. I heard that game is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? So this is where Mods Kanata kind of... Throws the idea out there that uh, that there is something in the Force that calls to Rey. And uh, we find out that Maz is the person who has Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Uh, Luke Skywalker is someone who everyone knows in this galaxy. But a lot of people think of him as a legend or a myth. Um, Han Solo is considered a war hero. And that's what these characters talk about. And mm-hmm. And again, it's like we live in a world where these people have become legendary, much like the actors who portray these characters in these films. So Maz Kanata has his lightsaber that fell out of Cloud City 
or the yeah the Cloud City on what's it called Vespin? No, mm, I think so. Was that the planet that from yeah. Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, because the one from uh, from Attack of the Clones was Coruscant. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. This movie does a really good job of making me forget to question a lot of dumb shit. Well, the funny thing is, it, it, it until I watched it this time, I like for I was like, I was like, how did they get Luke Skywalker's lightsaber? And then I didn't realize until this last time when we watched Return of the Jedi again that he uses a completely different lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. Also true. So it's absolutely plausible that this was found after Empire. So he had like three lightsabers. No, two, right? Well, no, because he used the same lightsaber. In, well, in Return of the Jedi, he has the green one. Then he has the blue one, which he loses, I guess? Yes, because this is the blue one. The one Rey has is a blue lightsaber. Which is the one that Anakin originally used. Yes. <laughs> I know, like, I'm nitpicky right now, but it's like the more I think about it, they're like... Lightsabers. Lightsabers, whatever. Fuck so, off. So, so you get that, and then... Well, the other thing is that we get a brand new lightsaber for Kylo Ren, yep. which he has that crazy lightsaber that, the like... The inverted cross one. That literally <laughs> sounds Fucking like, nail Satan over there. That, like, makes, like, ridiculous, like, zapping noises <laughs> while it's, like, lit. So... Do, borrowing a bit, I can imagine J.J. Abrams just kicking in the door and be, right now and like going into our studio and he goes, you see what you're doing right now? You're thinking too much about it? Don't think about it. Just don't, just don't think about it. Just enjoy the movie. Just watch the movie, please. <laughs> um, so we... At this point, it's right after Ray has her weird psychedelic dream where she sees the knights of ren and she sees her family abandon her as a little girl and i, I forgot what else she had like another weird vision in that thing do you remember mm-hmm. so she has all these visions and at this point is when the first order starts attacking him right? yes because at this time finn is also you know oh that's he, right he met this up with they, other smugglers yeah they're breaking apart where he essentially like it tells the truth to ray about the fact that he's not with the he's not with the rebellion he's like i'm leaving and i want to i want to live you you should come with me because I think you're kind of hot. Yeah, I mean, he obviously has a thing for her, and they're very clear about that from the beginning. I love that part where he's like, "Oh, who do you, who do you got on your plan on Jakku family a boyfriend? You have a boyfriend? You have a boyfriend? <laughs> Cute boyfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> and hey. then also the fact that he keeps leading her around the town when they're being attacked by like grabbing her hand, and she's she even gets pissed off about it. Yeah. Um, it's also funny the interaction between he and Han because he refers to Han as Solo several times and like Han doesn't seem to like that very much. But you know when when Finn like tells him, "Oh, I'm kind of a big deal." Like for the rest of the movie, Han will be like, "All right, come here, big deal, <laughs> big deal." <laughs> I know they just like talk shit to each other. So the first order attacks. And um, pretty much they get given up by a bunch of people at the bar. Yes. So as they try to fight off, or well, no, actually they're they're essentially being held to be arrested when we find out that they put in a call to the resistance, 
And who else but everyone's favorite flyboy from, you know, 40 minutes ago shows up and saves their asses. Huge applause. Poe Dameron was fucking rad. Oh, I was so fucking excited when Poe came back. I had a feeling Poe was coming back. Yeah, Yeah, I had a feeling he was coming back. I didn't think it was, I didn't think that they killed him. I just wasn't sure how he was going to come back. And uh, the fact that he triumphantly shows up to save uh, our, you know, our beloved characters that we're following was awesome. And, you know, he you get to see him do all those cool, like, ace moves where he, like, does fucking flips or, you know, not flips, but barrels with the X-Wing and, it, like, takes out a bunch of TIE fighters and then, like, ends up saving them from being shot by these stormtroopers and then, uh, and then Finn just loses shit, and he's just like, "That's one hell of a pilot." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, that's so cool!" I'm like, he's back. It's awesome. And then you know, like uh, Ray is trying to escape with BB-8, um, and you know, <laughs> we get that awesome scene where Finn fights Traitor. Yes. T R eight R. Yes. It's. The weirdest, coolest scene I've seen in a Star Wars movie. Right, because he has that wild ass like weapon. Yeah, he like... has like an electric baton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, he's, he's just like swinging. <laughs> and my favorite part is he just goes traitor, like doesn't say anything else, just traitor. <laughs> and he just like and he starts kicking the shit out of him. You know what it reminds me of? I swear to God, it's so fucking random. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Bart and Lisa are like standing on opposite sides of the room and Bart just goes I'm just gonna swing my arms like this and if you get hurt it's your own fault well I'm gonna kick my feet like this and if you get hurt it's your own fault and the whole time they're fighting each other in my head I just picture ah, 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 ah. yeah cause they do walk at each other uh, it, it's a really cool fight it's a fight I didn't expect I thought it was really fun because up until now, I have no reason to believe that Finn won't be the Jedi. And so to see him actually finally use the uh, the lightsaber, and actually be pretty good with it, I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> with the lightsaber, I thought it was funny that, you know, like, usually Jedi who use lightsabers in this franchise use them very gracefully, like, if they're jousting. Whereas, like, Finn is, like, stabbing Stormtroopers stab, through the heart. <laughs> well, actually, I was reading that one of the things they wanted to make uh, Finn different from other Jedi was that while other Jedi use actual, like, fencing, right? Uh, Finn was actually more based on Kendo. Mm. So that's why, for him, it was more him trying to fucking whack people's heads off. Because <laughs> he was, like, you know, trying to hit people with the wide part. As opposed to, like, when we see Obi-Wan and Anakin fight in, um, you know, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, my, I want to say Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Revenge, There's so... Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of these fucking movies. But, um, you know... Kylo confronts Rey, and he's able to, like, paralyze her using the Force, mm. and they end up kidnapping her. And meanwhile, you know, the rest of our heroes essentially regroup with the Resistance and try to come up with a plan. But, you know, we get introduced to the leader of the Resistance, and we get a heartfelt reunion between uh, Leia and, and Han, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting 
because by this point they all but tell you outright that Kylo Ren is their son. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've seen our son. Yeah, like the they they've made all sorts of comments like that to mm-hmm. each other. Like, and you know, you get that heartfelt moment where she's like, where she, you know, they're talking about that. And you find out why Han wasn't with Leia. And it's because he he was sad. <laughs> he was just so sad he had to abandon <laughs> his family. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like... And they get into this a little bit more in, in, in The Last Jedi. But there's some, there was this... this uh, Kylo Ren becoming evil has now like just destroyed the entire family. So it like essentially, it's this. It's kind of like the thing where they talk about how sometimes if you're a parent who, if you're a group of parents who loses a child, like it ends the marriage. Like that's mm-hmm. essentially what this sounds like. Yeah, which I mean, I mean, fair. I don't know. I'm not married, and I don't have a kid that almost committed a fucking genocide. <laughs> but um. You know, like, you, re- you really do feel for them because they're two people that still care about each other. And they're two people that just kind of want their kid back. And it's like, regardless of whether this is a space opera or whatever, it's like, it's a really human emotion, right? Mm-hmm. So, we get to a scene where Kylo Ren tries to torture Rey. And he tries to, like, read her mind. Yes. But he can't. And he actually gets pushed back. And it's when he finds out that Rey actually has a connection to the Force. Same as he does. And although she doesn't know it, it's really strong. And that starts to worry General Snoke. I'm sorry, not General Snoke. Uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. Mm-hmm. And he just wants Kylo to kill uh, Rey right off the bat. So Rey tries to use her Force powers to force Daniel Craig into freeing her. <laughs> doesn't really work out that well at first eventually she actually uses the jedi mind trick to force force this star trooper to let her escape give her a gun and she manages to escape from from uh, i believe they're on starkiller base at this point right? yeah which then leads us to that hilarious scene where kylo comes back to confront her <laughs> and he gets uber pissed yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kylo Ren is, they make him very angsty in this film, to where, like, when they weren't able to find, when they weren't able to capture the droid, he throws, like, a temper tantrum and destroys equipment with his lightsaber. And it's just, like, it's just all these generals just awkwardly quiet <laughs> as he cuts everything around them. And he does the same shit, where he cuts down this fucking chair that uh, Ray was trapped in. It's like they have that scene where the the stormtroopers round the corner and they just see like a bunch of parts go flying and they just turn around and are like fuck this shit. And it's hilarious cuz it reminded me of like when my dad gets mad working on cars. <laughs> and I'm just like do 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 and I leave. I love the meme where it talks about when you thought you were going to help your dad fix the car but you just held a flashlight and got yelled at instead. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly... I relate to this. Oh, my God. So, they mount this counterattack, and they're going to go save Rey, and meanwhile, shut down Starkiller Base. 
Because our killer base has a porthole two meters wide. <laughs> or whatever the fuck the giant very clear weakness. No, this time they're smarter. This time they actually got to land on the planet. Yeah. And they got to like plant Star Wars version of C4. And they're going to detonate the base and they're going to blow it up from the inside out. Right? Yes. Which also apparently is over the weak point of the planet, which is going to cause the planet to blow up. Don't think about it too much. You're thinking about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> so anyway, they get the our heroes, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, Han Solo, and Finn land on the, this ice planet, and they're going to work to destroy uh, Starkiller Base, right? And this is where we find out that... Finn was on sanitation detail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, like... You know, this I'm garbage you're... man. I know you are, but what am I? Is this... garbage man. <laughs> Is this like a Star Wars and Simpsons episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So, I mean, this is what you were talking about. This is like Finn and Han's, like, all their witty back and forths. It's what makes it really cool, right? Yeah. Um... So as they go around to try and, uh, you know, put down these explosives, they start playing these explosives, they, they're able to find Rey, and in all the while, Han actually goes and confronts Kylo. And he calls him by his name, which I've been calling him this entire episode, which is Ben, right? He calls him Ben. And they have this reunion, epi- and they have this reunion, and... It's like, it's it, it, it hurts. It's sad, right? And, you know, Kylo tells uh, Han, you know, please help me. You know, I don't know if I'm strong enough to do this. And then Han is like, I'll help you with anything you want. You're still my son, right? And that's when he turns on a lightsaber and shoots Han right through the heart. While everyone, you know, everyone watches. And he kills his father. His corpse falls down this giant shaft because... Is this like a Pixar moment for you? This is a Pixar moment. This is, yeah, because you're like, it's Han, dude. He's like the best character in the entire series. Fuck off, everyone. And it's like, shit, dude. Like, you know, you... Han so, I mean... Just let it all out. Har- Harrison Ford finally gets his wish. He finally died. <laughs> it's what he's always wanted <laughs> and you know uh, Chewie shoots at even Chewie cries dude Chewie like lets out a scream and he shoots at Ben and I don't know if you ever saw it but there's that meme of uh, well it's not a meme it's like a fan drawing of right before Chewie shoots Ben and it's like plays back Chewie meeting Ben as a kid and then oh. playing with him. And, like, you know, it, it like the next panel shows, like, Ben's head through the sniper scope. And then Chewie gets sad. And then so he aims at his hip instead because he doesn't want to kill him. I was like, damn, dude. Why y'all got to hit my feels, nerds? <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> but, you know, like, it, it hits you with a lot of emotion right away. Because you're like, this movie did that. It killed Han. <laughs> well, it like, makes it, it kills a character and it makes it mean a lot when it happens. Right? Like, it's one thing to kill off characters. You can do it. Mo- but movies can do it in a good way, or they can do it in a bad way. They did the good way. Yes. This bad way example, way. Alien 3. 
Alien 3 needlessly <laughs> Alien 3 needlessly murders characters that you love from a previous film with no like with no like, like regard three... for your feelings. It kills like three people before the movie even starts. <laughs> this like it really gives you the time to think about what is happening to the you point know. where like I said it feels like a Pixar movie moment. That's what it is, man. It's, and, and you know it hurts. Uh, they managed to they managed to blow up the they set off the explosives. Star Killer Base starts <laughs> going off and it, it shifts the tectonic plates. Point is, the planet's exploding now. <laughs> so as Ray and Finn are trying to escape, um, Finn gets into a lightsaber duel with with Kylo, and he actually holds his own for a little bit until he gets slashed in the back and almost murdered. <laughs> and you know Kylo tries to use the for- was that when he tries to use the force pool to grab the lightsaber mm-hmm. and you know you're thinking oh crap he's gonna grab the lightsaber and then it turns out it's Rey actually using the force pool and she manages to fight off Kylo including like giving him a gnarly scar on his face which makes him look cool <laughs> Yes. and then um, you know as the planet's being destroyed uh, they separate, and Ray's able to save Finn, right? Um, <laughs> it reminds me of this meme that was like protagonists in the Star Wars, uh, in the Star Wars uh, trilogies, uh, are progressively less and less prepared for their first lightsaber fight, <laughs> and it was like Anakin trains for years, still gets his arm cut off. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Luke trains for days, gets his hand cut off. <laughs> and then it's Ray, and she's like, What's this fucking glow stick? <laughs> so they manage to get BBA back to the resistance. They complete the map, and they find the location of where Luke is. And I didn't think this movie was going to do that. I didn't think they were going to show Luke, right? So. Ray goes to this remote island and she goes up to this hut and she sees Luke and she hands him the lightsaber, essentially becoming trying to become his apprentice. Mm-hmm. Roll credits. That's the movie, gents, ladies yeah, and gents. Yeah, no, it, it's like it's funny that the, I've got, I've spent so much time being into this movie that I didn't I've forgotten until the very end of the movie that oh yeah we hadn't seen Luke yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 an awesome way to end this film. Um, people cheered when they saw Mark Hamill turn around, uh, and I just had a feeling at the end of this movie. That the next one might be the best one. (laughs) (laughs) That's my response to that. (laughs) So, you know, before we get too far into our final thoughts on this, uh, do we like Star Wars The Force Awakens? Yeah. I, I don't hate it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Do you feel different about it now than you did four years ago when it first came out? I feel like I was too much of a fanboy when it first came out. Because I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I've seen this movie less than I remember <laughs> in the last four years. And I just remember being so caught up in the hype that I was like, Oh, this movie's fucking amazing. It's so great. Blah, blah, blah. 
And then, you know, I rewatched it last night, and I was like, there's a lot of things I didn't catch the first time around. But I think for what it is, you know, for what we have in front of us, well, you know, the, you got you got three interesting, solid characters. If you're going to build a franchise around Poe, Finn, and Rey, you already have a great start. Those three are great characters. Kylo, yeah, he's not the best villain, but he's also not the worst. Like, if we got Thuranic and Skywalker, yeah. you know, I think he takes, like... The Anakin Skywalker, like he has that angst of Anakin, but still has that lethality, that scariness of of uh, of Darth Vader, right? So if he's gonna be great value Darth Vader, he's he's gonna be serviceable <laughs> villain, right? Um, this movie does a really good job introducing a lot of cool shit. You you want to know more about the Knights of Ren, and you want to know more about what happens to General Snoke, and I mean General Supreme Leader Snoke, and you're just completely confident that there's going to be a huge payoff on both of those things, and that it's going to be amazing. Spoiler alert! It is amazing. <laughs> Double spoiler alert! No, <laughs> one of those is kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like one of the reasons why I don't like when we review movies that are coming out in theaters is, to be totally honest, I don't think you can objectively look at a film sometimes when you're watching it for the first time in theaters, when you have hype. I'll put it to you this way, a film that I loved a lot when I saw in theaters, and people might smack me in the face when I say this, Justice League. (laughs) A movie that I watched since. <laughs> Bring on the one star ratings, you coward. A movie that I've seen many times since. Justice League that I now know is a bad, bad movie. No, I loved it. <laughs> it's just like, again, sometimes when you're a fan of something. When you, you want are, something to be good and it's not. You get a little punch drunk when you see it for the first time. And I think I was kind of like that with this film. I think this movie is good. Um, Again, we've been watching it in conjunction with a lot of other movies in the Star Wars franchise. I still think that Empire is the best. I still think Rogue One is the second best. But, you know, again, my esteem for this film has fallen a bit. Because I do feel like that it just spends a ton of time going over stuff that we had... I feel like it tries to do stuff I've seen before again. And that's the biggest problem with this movie is that because it tried to go back and went back to the well too many times. This is the third Death Star movie we've seen. It probably works for people who are younger than I who were not from the same generation that I am. Maybe we're just, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe we're just too old. (laughs) Like that's the thing. Like that's if you're someone who did not grow up with the original franchise, and this is your introduction to Star Wars, it's this is your first time seeing that kind of stuff, and it's gonna make you go back and watch the rest of them, and then you're gonna be like, oh, that's what the Death Star is. That makes sense. Um, I'm sorry, I cut you off. And also, just because of my feelings for the next movie that we're gonna talk about. God damn it. I, I cannot wait. Okay, the, our next episode is literally from the moment that this podcast was created. It was what it is like. It's gonna be our magnum opus. I'm gonna. It's, I'm telling you, we're not even gonna talk. You're just gonna hear furniture get thrown and 
All right. It's going to be like machine gun fire. But the, you know, the unique thing for this next episode that we're going to do when we finally cover Star Wars The Last Jedi is the format of the show is going to be different than it's been in the past. We have been building up to this film for a long time. And both of us had made very clear how we feel about this film. So our next episode is going to be Javi making the argument for why he hates The Last Jedi. And me making an argument for why I love The Last Jedi. I think it's going to be our most unique episode ever. I think it's going to be our best episode ever. Watch this. this. That's the episode that gets us all the one star ratings. <laughs> that's the episode that people fucking just shit on our podcast. I love the introduction of these new characters. Uh, I, I Part of why I care about this new franchise is because of Finn, Poe, and uh, and Ray. You mean Pin? <laughs> and BB-8. I love BB-8. Uh, when I start seeing these characters that I've known before... Yes, I care about them a lot, but I think this film, the one thing that it does do that I have to appreciate is it does a fantastic job of introducing these three new unknown actors and now characters that I love that I am just going to, I cannot wait to see them again. And sadly, I know that this next Star Wars film, you know, the Lucasfilm had made it very clear that they're, that they're going to take a bit of a hiatus. Good. After this film. The problem was that Lucasfilms is also kind of oversaturated the market with, uh, with, with, with these Star Wars movies. And, you know, part of the problem was specifically with this one was, like I mentioned earlier, they went back to the well too many times. They thought if they gave us a familiar story that, you know, fans of the original trilogy would be pretty happy because it's, a, it's essentially a new hope. And new fans would be able to have a jumping off point to go back, right? It didn't really work out that way. You shot your gamble. I mean, hey, you learn better and you try to make the next movie better and you try to make it pay off emotionally and it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me throwing shade. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like, that's one thing that at the very least I can say that this has a really amazing cast. It has a lot of talent. Daisy Ridley is fucking amazing and attractive. <laughs> John Boyega is also amazing and attractive. <laughs> and, you know. And uh, Oscar Isaac is also amazing and attractive. Yeah, yeah I, I totally <laughs> want to love Oscar Isaac for the rest of my life. The one person that I do not find as attractive is Adam Driver and his bizarre nipples. <laughs> and his pepperoni nipples. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> but <laughs> they will all be back in The Last Jedi, which we're going to cover next in our series. So thank you for joining us for this episode. Please continue to leave us uh, your comments, reviews, and all that stuff on our social media pages and on our iTunes page when possible. Please continue to download the show. We are almost there. We are almost at this brand new Star Wars film. And we've got some surprises in store for you for... Uh, the end of November, early December as well. Uh, it's going to be a great month uh, as the holidays start to come around. And we hope that you guys can continue to follow us. And remember, guys, really take to heart what Angel said. Just because a movie comes out doesn't mean you have to 
go with your knee-jerk reaction, all right? Like, definitely give it some time, numerate over it before you get make a judgment call. Oh, I'm pretty sure that if we went back to review Child's Play, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, Avengers Endgame, like the films that we have reviewed that were in theaters, I'm sure that in two, three years, we're going to have different opinions on those mm-hmm. films when we see them again. And, don't, you know, keep an eye out on our surprise episode where we talk about how Joker is the greatest superhero movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. We might talk about Joker eventually. Probably not, though. <laughs> I'll talk about Joker till the day I die. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk to you guys next time. Uh, I'm Angel. And I'm Javi. Later, turds.